who is the founder acharya of the iskon movement and uh, like we discussed that this whole chapter 3 karma yoga is actually divided into different sections there are about five sections and the very first section that is the first two shlokas 3.1 and 3.2 arjuna is asking a question and that is all about renunciation or what because we understood that how after listening to different aspects of spirituality in chapter 2 from krishna arjuna was confused he wanted more clarity because krishna spoke about the soul krishna spoke about sankhya krishna spoke about gnana yoga krishna spoke about karma kanda then krishna also spoke about karma yoga and then he also touched upon a little bit about bhakti so listening to all this arjuna is confused and he wants little more clarity and that is why he is asking this question the very immediate question uh, once krishna completed the last words of chapter 2 so arjuna is asking that jayase chet karmanaste mata buddhir janardana tat kim karmanai ghore ma niyojayasi kechava oh krishna if you really want me to understand the higher philosophical aspects of life then why are you actually encouraging me to fight this ghorema this is the most uh, terrific battle that going to happen why are you wanting me to engage in this ghastly warfare when gnana is superior to work and then he is also telling uh, krishna that tat ekam vadanishchitya nishchitya you tell me clearly nishchitam like in the chapter 2 also arjuna had mentioned nishchitam ruhitam me you tell me nishchitam what is best he is telling ena shreyo ham apnuyam he is telling what is shreya for me what is good for me you please tell that to me so that i am very clear what to do and what not to do but right now you have told me two things one is karma and one is gnana so i am really confused what to do please clarify so this is what arjuna has asked in the first two shlokas of chapter 3 and let's see what krishna the supreme personality of god is now going to speak and will answer to arjuna and clarify his doubt let's understand this and this particular section especially 3.3 to 3.9 these uh, uh, six seven shlokas is leading to is going to be uh, mostly focusing on nishkama karma yoga so let's understand this okay so verse number 3.3 and uh, i request uh, let's give a chance to the newcomer today um amrinder can you unmute yourself and try to repeat the shloka you can unmute and repeat after me shri bhagavan vacha lokesmin vividanishta I'll repeat that again. You can try. No problem. Don't worry. Lokesmin vividanishta, 
पूरा प्रोक्ता मया नज्ञानगेन सांख्या कर्मयोगेन योगिना Wonderful. Let's do that once again. Shri Bhagavan Vacha Lokesmin Dvividhanishta Pura Prokta Mayanagaha Jnana Yogena Sankhyana कर्म योगेन योगिना वंडरफुल यू जस्ट सी यू गॉट इट एक्चुअली जस्ट बाय चैंटिंग ट्वाइस यू कुड गेट इट लेट्स रिपीट द ट्रांसलेशन आल्सो द ब्लेस्ड लॉर्ड सेड ओ सिनलेस अर्जुन आई हैव ऑलरेडी एक्सप्लेन्ड दैट देयर आर टू क्लासेस ऑफ मेन who realize the self some are inclined to understand him by empirical philosophical speculation and others are inclined to know him by devotional work thank you very much so this is a very important and interesting shloka that krishna is explaining to arjuna and here krishna is saying oh arjuna i have already explained to you so krishna is saying here very interestingly that i have already explained these two things to you before but since you are little confused i want to further clarify all your doubts now and here very clearly krishna is saying that jnana yoga na samkhyana jnana yoga there is one thing there are two activities vividha vividha means there are two types of work lokesmin vividha what are these two types of work so krishna is saying jnana yoga na samkhyana there is one which is called jnana yoga and which deals with sankhya sankhya means little meaning is counting but when we say sankhya it also refers to the analytical study the empirical study of this world of this body of the mind and all this put together there are about 25 elements including the soul there are about 25 elements within the body so when you study all these different elements within the body this is called sankhya with the process of sankhya you understand analytically all that is there within this body mind and intelligence and ego and everything that is so that jnana yoga which deals with sankhya nam is one aspect but there is another aspect to our existence or another activity and that is karma yoga the yogina but very beautifully Prabhupada has given a translation to karma yogena as not simply doing some work which generally people say that oh mera to ek karm hai mujhe apna karm karna hai 
But here Prabhupada is translating Karma Yoga as not simply work as prescribed by the Shastra, but here Karma Yoga na Prabhupada says as Bhakti Yoga. And that is much above the Jnana Yoga. So let's understand this a little bit because we need to understand this analytically a little bit. Okay? So there is one very interesting statement in the purport that Srila Prabhupada makes and this is the most important thing that we all should know and it's extremely important. And what is that statement Prabhupada is making? Prabhupada is saying here that religion without philosophy is sentiment or sometimes fanaticism while philosophy without religion is mental speculation. I repeat that again, let that sink into our mind. Religion without philosophy is sentiment or sometimes fanaticism while philosophy without religion is mental speculation. So let's understand this little clearly. I'm sure most of you have seen this uh, movie, Oh My God, right? All, my, all of you must have seen this movie, Oh My God, Paresh Rahul has played the lead role. And uh, this whole movie actually depicts so many wrong things that happen in the name of religion, right? Although there are some good aspects to this whole movie that is being displayed and many people appreciate it, but there are also a lot of uh, things which were not clarified within the movie by our Paresh Rawat. <laughs> and that we will definitely discuss in another session. I had a session exclusively on this movie itself called Oh My God. There is a session that I have made. So now the interesting part here is there is two things. One is religion and one is philosophy. Now, if you talk only about religion, there are people who talk about religion, but there is no philosophical understanding. They don't understand the import of what the religion is speaking. So such people, what do they become? They become fanatics. And we have seen a lot of such people in all the religious sects. In all the religions, there is there are some people who are fanatics and that's how a lot of terrorism also comes in. Why? Because they have a certain understanding of Islam and because they don't have the philosophical background, they become fanatics and that's how they go on the killing spree and just shooting people all the place, everywhere. You see, this is called fanaticism. And there are fanatics in each and every religion. When they don't understand the philosophical aspect, the real meaning of what the religion is speaking, then it's a very dangerous thing. So here there is religion but no philosophy. And without philosophy, people will be mis misled and it will create a lot of problem and destruction in the society. And that is not good. And that's exactly what uh, Paresh Rawal also in that movie, Oh My God, has displayed. That how many people blindly, they just follow because of some sentiment. So that kind of sentimentalism will not work and ultimately it will lead into a lot of frustration. So when people blindly follow some guru or some baba, 
who is actually having no philosophical understanding of the scriptures and people are just following because there is he speaks very eloquently where he speaks very charmingly and uh, he behaves in a certain way then what happens is there is lot of religious aspect to it but there is no philosophy and people will get cheated so that's why such kind of sentimentalism will really not help us to become truly happy we all want to be happy but you cannot become happy by becoming emotionally connected to someone or sentimentally connected without philosophical background so this is religion without philosophy and there is another extreme also just like this is one extreme where there is religion and no philosophy there is another extreme where there is only philosophy and without religion absolutely no religion and such people become mental speculators mental speculation they start thinking oh yes i think there is god why there is god yes because such a big universe is running so nice things are happening in this universe the earth is moving and the planets are moving i think everything is in control and that control is because there is god so today they speak like this and next day they see in the tv that there is an earthquake and there is uh, some uh, uh, you know there is a cyclone and killed many people there is tsunami and lot of people die then they start thinking oh if god exists then why didn't he protect these people so many people died because of tsunami so much so many people died because of earthquake there is no god and then they see that oh, there is a bottle of wine they take the wine and they start drinking they say oh this is at least reality oh let it be whatever god is there not there what should i do at least the wine is reality let me take and drink so such philosophical thinking is called armchair philosophy where there is lot of philosophical speculation they do but there is no strong religious faith that uh, faith to strive to understand the truth there is absolutely no effort put in the direction oh yes if god is there what should i do what's the process they don't want to understand that so this is called philosophy but no religion but in reality we need both we need philosophy also we need religion also if you take only one of them then you are acting in extremes and it will not really help for example you take our scientific experiments that we do see when we want to understand anything in this world especially in the scientific field we see there is theory and there is an experiment so when you have a proper theory based on the theory you do a lot of experimentation and then based on the experimentation you get certain results right so in science there is theory and there is experiment and then there is an outcome and then we start developing that outcome right just like for example newton you see newton there was a first observation that apple fell on him and then oh he started thinking that why did the apple fall down why didn't it just fly in the air if one of us had experienced the same thing probably would have we would have just taken the apple and eaten it but newton didn't think like that thanks to him he started thinking about why the apple fell and then he gradually postulated the whole uh, gravitational law and that's how we have it today so the idea is there is theory there is an experimentation there is an observation and all put together there is a certain standard that is set 
there is some universal law that is created and then it's applicable to every every one of us right so that is how science works similarly spirituality is a higher dimensional science many people think that spirituality means just going to the temple or maybe doing some social bhakti a little bit you know agarbatti and dia laga do ja ke naril phod do all that is there that is definitely there but at the same time it's a higher dimensional science when we say science that means you can actually understand you can experiment and then you can also have a outcome of that so that's so wonderful isn't it and it's not just applicable to me anyone who follows he can also experience the same thing for example the gravitational law is not just applicable to india but you go to any part of the world the same gravitational law works because there is universality so similarly spirituality is also universal but also it is a higher dimensional science so when you want to understand this higher dimensional science called spirituality then there are two things here there is philosophy there is religion philosophy is like the theory part of it and then religion is the experimentation part of it actually applying the theory and that is when we start getting realization when you have both philosophy and religion then there is realization then there is transformation in the heart that is how transformation takes place if your heart is considered to be a laboratory just consider just imagine if your heart is a laboratory then chanting the holy names chanting the hari krishna mantra is actually the procedure that you are going to apply in the laboratory so when you follow the procedure then your heart will become cleansed and then there will be a realization spiritual realization you start getting to know the higher aspects of life right so that is why krishna is very clearly stating here and nobody is saying religion without philosophy is a one extreme and only philosophy without religion is another extreme so if you want to have a complete beautiful experience of spirituality then we need to have both of them material science is experimental you take any material science scientist material science is experimental whereas spiritual science is experiential both are different right so you want to get an experience of spiritual life then we need to follow the procedures as set by the religious text as given in the bhagavad gita and that's why we are discussing this bhagavad gita just not to sentimentally understand but also understand with proper understanding how to apply this knowledge nothing in bhagavad gita is impractical everything is practical like from morning till evening you take any activity how to do those activities are explained in the bhagavad gita that's the whole thing when you know how to do certain thing all your activities all throughout the day what a wonderful thing it is you know how to act properly by acting properly we are going to get good results so bhagavad gita is helping us here right in fact if you see in his con we have both philosophy and religious thing early morning every single day at 4 am when we wake up 4:30 there is an aarti so from 4:30 
After the Aarti, up till about say 7, 7.30, there is chanting uh, of two hours, mantra meditation and then there is another Aarti and then after all the morning religious thing is done, then we have the Srimad Bhagavatam class every single day. So then there is a philosophical aspect. So there is a religious aspect, then there is a philosophical aspect. And both are needed to develop spirituality within us. Extremely important. To love Krishna is possible only when we have both these two things. So uh, there are a lot of things which were raised in the movie Oh My God and we will have an exclusive discussion on that because there are many contradictory statements that uh, uh, you know the Paresh Rawal does in that particular movie and although it has depicted certain negative aspects of religion in the movie but at the same time it does not show the positive aspects of spirituality and that is how there is a disconnect so people have misunderstood certain things after watching that movie as well okay so that is what Krishna has uh, explained in this particular sloka so let's go and try to understand the next sloka that is 3.4 so uh, Lasya has joined us after a long time let's give a chance to Lasya today Lasya you can unmute yourself so 3.4 na karmana Naishkarmyam Purushosnute Najasanyasanadeva Siddhim Samadigachati Once again, Nakarmanamanarambha Naishkarmyam Purushoshnute Najasanyasanadeva Siddhim Samadigachati Wonderful. So, repeat the translation. Not by merely abstaining from work. Can one achieve freedom from reaction? Nor by renunciation alone Can one attain perfection? Thank you So, a uh, very interesting shloka again So, Krishna is saying here not by merely abstaining from work can one achieve freedom from reaction. This is Arjuna's mentality right now. So Krishna wants to clarify this to Arjuna. Arjuna is thinking it's better that I give up this fight and go to the jungle, abstain from all this fighting and by not fighting, I'm not going to get any reaction. Because if I fight, if I do any karma, then there will be a reaction. But instead, I will better avoid all the kind of work and then simply go to the jungle. And by not working, 
by not doing my karma then there is no reaction so wonderful isn't it so this is arjuna's idea he is thinking that let me just give up all the work so that there is no reaction so many people think this is very good philosophy that oh by acting there is reaction karma karne se ye hota hai ki usko humko bhugalna hota hai ki whether it is bad reaction or good reaction we have to enjoy ourselves accordingly but if i don't work at all then it is such a nice thing because i am not going to get any karmic reaction to that and there are many many people who take on to this particular philosophy of abstaining from work no work they simply want to be quiet and do some sort of meditation and they will not work but krishna is saying that is not going to work and then the second aspect of it is not by renunciation alone can one attain perfection looks like contradictory right what why is krishna trying to contradict here he is saying that okay you should not abstain from work at the same time krishna is saying that you should not renounce everything so what are we supposed to do then right so this translation actually emphasizing on internal and not externals if you understand this translation it is emphasizing more on the internals and not the externals what do we mean by this many people they adopt to lot of external things what do i mean adoption of external things they wear this dhoti kurta they wear saree they wear this tilak they wear kanti mala and uh, they may wear big big malas in their neck they may leave a lot of big beard and they look like sages so just by adopting these externals it is not that you have become renounced there are many many people even in fact when uh, in 1965 when prabhupad went to the west he saw there were so many hippies looking at the hippies you know you feel as if they are renounced everything all big big beards and big hair mat like hair and then uh, you know all these kind of torn clothes we feel as if they are all renounced no that kind of renunciation will not work simply renouncing so called renunciation and adopting certain external things but deep within your mind thinking of sense gratification thinking of how can i eat gulab jamun how can i go and watch that movie how can i go to the pub and enjoy some drink if you are renounced externally but your mind is constantly focusing and contemplating on these different sense objects then you are not renounced so there may be a sadhu so called sadhu who is in a sadhu dress and he may be constantly thinking of money women and wine so such thing is really not going to help but at the same time there may be a person who is sincerely just doing simple things and still he is constantly thinking of the lord constantly thinking of the lord and he may be really wonderful there is a very beautiful example here there was a, a man a brahmana 
every day early morning used to constantly do a lot of puja and everything and just very close to his place right opposite he was having a, a prostitute staying and uh, this brahmana used to think that what the abominable life she is leading every day she is leading uh, having a relationship with so many different men constantly he used to think like that this brahmana on the other hand the contrary the prostitute she used to think i am leading such a abominable life see that brahmana he is doing so nice puja to krishna every day he is doing so much of seva to krishna and i am not doing anything this brahmana was constantly thinking that oh she is associating with so many men maybe i should also associate one although he is doing lot of puja and all this ritualistic things but he is thinking of enjoying with that prostitute and the prostitute on the other hand although externally she is engaged in abominable things but her mind is thinking oh he is such a nice person you see the difference here and this is exactly what krishna is trying to hit upon this word he is saying that externals do not matter what really matters is what is in your heart that is what really matters to krishna krishna is bhavagrahi janardana he sees what is your bhava what is your consciousness it really doesn't matter what are you doing externally in fact in shrimad bhagavatam there is another example of pingala pingala was a prostitute but she is the greatest devotee externally if you think she is an abominable doing all uh, unwanted things but there are prayers of pingala which are mentioned in the shrimad bhagavatam pingala uvacha very beautiful song beautiful prayer she is offering to krishna you see so it really doesn't matter what are we engaged in externals really what matters is what is going on within our consciousness so this if this shloka if you understand it's not simply by abstaining from work that you are going to become free from reaction not simply you renounce everything that you will be uh, attaining perfection you are not going we are not going to get perfection just by renouncing everything that's not possible right so this is very important instruction that krishna is giving here in fact there are some people who say that uh, you know uh, some uh, there is a certain section of the society where uh, people in the name of spirituality they take sanyasa uh, that's what krishna is also saying in this word najas sanyasana deva many people they think oh i should take sanyasa they become tridandi sanyasa tridandi sanyasa means they take a, a three sticks they hold three sticks in their hand and they keep moving and their philosophy is danda grahana matrena naro narayana bhave so danda grahana matrena just by taking one stick in their hand they think that this nara has become narayana this human being has become god there are people like that who claim themselves to be god just by taking one sanyasa stick in their hand so we should know that nara will never become narayana a human being cannot become god at any point of time but there are people like that you see so this is 3.4 let's go to the next verse now and by the way if you have any questions uh, you can please feel free to type them in the chat section and at the end we will also spend some time 
taking some questions and you can directly uh, ask the questions as well. Okay. So now let's go to the next word that is 3.5. And there you can unmute yourself and let's change this third word 3.5. नहीं कश्चित क्षणमपी जातु तिष्ठत्य कर्मकृत कार्यते ही अवश्य कर्मा सर्वक प्रकृति जयगुणी Once again, नहीं कष्टित चढ़ोपी जातु तिष्ठत्य कम कर्मकृत कार्यते ही अवश्य कर्मा सर्वक प्रकृति जयगुण ही Wonderful. Repeat the translation. All men are forced to act helplessly according to the impulses born of the modes of material nature. Therefore, no one can refrain from doing something. Not even for the moment. Wonderful. This is. Thank you. So this is another very interesting thing here. See, there is a connection between the previous verse and this verse. In the previous verse, Krishna said that simply by abstaining from work, you cannot become free from reaction. And here Krishna is saying that. All men are forced to act helplessly according to the impulses born of the modes of material nature. Very interesting shloka. If anybody is thinking that ah, let me give up everything, I will not work, it is a misunderstanding. Why? It's a misunderstanding. Prabhupada is explaining in the very first line of the purport. Prabhupada is saying it is not a question of embodied life. But it is the nature of the soul to be always active. Very important. It is the nature of the soul to be active. Now, in the second chapter, we have already understood that we are spirit souls. Now, interestingly, one of the very core nature of the spirit soul is it has to be active. It is always active. The soul is never dull for a moment. It's constantly active. That is the beauty of the soul. But whereas on the contrary, you see this body, this body is always there. Let us understand this. This body that we have is always dead. It is not alive. It is alive because there is presence of the soul inside the body. The moment the soul lives, which is active, this body will become dead. Right now, this body is able to move and function. It is because the active soul within us. Just see, it's very, very important to know this. 
The body is always dead. The body is never alive without the soul. What makes this body move, what animates this body is the presence of the soul. Now, the nature of the soul is to always perform some activities, always perform some karma. So if you are trying to artificially sit down quietly and abstain from work, it is going against the nature of the self. You see, if you are not doing anything trying to avoid work, that means you are going against the nature, your very nature. And that is what frustrates you even more. But, unfortunately, what happens is, right now, this soul, because it is embodied within this body, the body gets energy from the soul, but the energy is directed as per the impulses of the three modes, Sattva Guna, Rajoguna and Tamoguna. This body is actually getting energy from the soul, but unfortunately, the direction for this energy is coming from the material energy, these three gunas. So that is the problem. Although you as a soul are supposed to direct your energy, you have no control over that energy of yours. That's why Krishna is saying here, helplessly, you will act according to the impulses of this Tattva Guna, Rajo Guna and Tamo Guna. You see? Why? Because we have accepted this body. As long as you have this material body, you will not be able to act as per your nature. That's why sometimes we become lazy. Why lazy? Because the body is lazy, not the soul. Soul is always active. Do you think when you sleep in the night that the soul is sleeping? No, the soul is not sleeping. Only the body sleeps. The soul never sleeps. Even in the night, in deep sleep, the soul never sleeps. It's always active. There is nothing such thing called as sleep for the soul. But we are sleeping from the real nature. We are the soul is sleeping from the real uh, consciousness, the real aspect of its nature that we have sleeping. The soul is sleeping. That's why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu very beautifully sings. Jeeva jago, jeeva jago, gora chand bole, khota nidra jao maya, pichachira kole, jeeva jago, jeeva jago, gora chand bole. So very beautifully, it is said that jeeva jago, jeeva jago, gora chand bole, gora chand is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu saying, Come on, oh my sleeping soul, wake up, wake up now. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is singing this. Khota Nidra Jago Maya. Khota Nidra, that illusion, give up this illusion, this false sleep. This Maya is like Pichaji. Pichaji means it's a witch. Get rid of this witch and wake up. How do you wake up? By chanting Hare Krishna Mantra. So if you want to become Transcendental, like I always say, transcendental means to become free from this effect of three more. Sattva guna, guna, and guna. We will understand more about these three gunas in the 13th chapter, 15th chapter, I think. So, where we will deal completely.
completely with these three three modes of material injuries. Very very important, right? So this is what Krishna has explained here very beautifully that each one of us we all have to work, and uh, that's because our nature as souls is to work, and this soul right now is burdened with his body. Just imagine, you know, there is a runner and he has a big sack on his back. You know, he really cannot run very fast when he has a big sack. But you just take off that sack from his back, then he can run very fast, right? He becomes even more active. So similarly, the soul right now is carrying this big sack called the body. It's a big heavy burden on the soul. And moment the soul gives up this body, it becomes even more active. The soul becomes very active and starts working very nicely. Right? Just give me a moment. Okay, so very beautifully in this world, Krishna has explained that how uh, we have to work and we cannot really become uh, free from work because our nature is to be constantly active. Very important. So let's go to the next words now. And uh, I want Achyutanji to come online and let's chant the next word, Achyutanji. Very interesting shloka here uh, in this particular section. Karmendriyani Samyamya. Yaase Manasa Smaran Indriyatan Vimudatma Mityachara Tavushate Once again Kanindriyani Samyamya Yaase Manasa Smaran Indriyatan Vimudatma Mityachara Tavuchate Wonderful translation. One who restrains the senses and organs of action, but whose mind dwells on the sense objects, certainly deludes himself and is called a pretender. Thank you. Hare Krishna. So, Krishna in this verse is giving the definition of who is a hypocrite. You know, we come across a lot of people who are hypocrites. Who is a hypocrite? A person who says something, who does something and who thinks something. So, such a person is called a hypocrite. His words, his actions and everything else 
are not in line. They are all different and they have they are all misdirected. So such a person is called a hypocrite. Another very interesting definition of a hypocrisy is a person who accepts the prestige and privilege that comes from a position without taking the required responsibility and sacrifice. Let me repeat that again. What is hypocrisy or who is a hypocrite? Hypocrisy means to accept the prestige and privilege that comes from a certain position without taking the required responsibility and sacrifice. So they just want to enjoy but don't want to take the sacrifice. They want to be glorified without doing anything. So such person is called a hypocrite here. Any role that we play in our life, it all comes when we take a certain responsibility and when we take responsibility, we need to sacrifice. Each one of us, whether it is a professional, whether it is a husband or a wife, children, a student, any one of you in any position that you are playing, any role that you are playing, it actually has its own sets of responsibilities, it has its own sets of sacrifices that we need to do, right? All of us, we need to do certain things. But when we don't do, then we are called a hypocrite. We are not playing that role to its perfection. When we don't take responsibility, when we don't sacrifice, that means we are not actually acting as per that role. We are imperfectly playing that role in our life. And Krishna is such a wonderful being, such a wonderful person, the Supreme Lord. When Krishna plays any role, when he plays the role of a God, he plays it perfect. When he plays the role of a husband, he plays it perfect. When he plays a role of an enemy, he plays it perfect. When he plays the role of a friend, he plays it perfect. When he plays the role of a lover, he plays it perfect. Krishna is all perfect. But on the contrary, no matter what role we play, there will always be certain imperfections. Whether we are husband, wife, children, professional, student, always there is some imperfection within us. So that's the difference between Krishna and us. You see? And that's why Mityachara. So Krishna is using this word. Mityachara sauchate. Achara means behavior. Mitya means false. Mityachara means false behavior. So now question may come into all of you. Prabhuji, now see we are all actually trying to become Krishna conscious. But at the same time, there are a lot of bad thoughts which are running in our mind. Does it mean that we are hypocrites? We are vidyacharis? Because on one end, you know, we are trying to become Krishna conscious, but at the same time, we have all the past bad things coming into us, right? We have this uh, uh, gallery within our mind. 
it's not a digital gallery but we have a mental gallery within us which has all the memories of the past both good and bad right there are so many memories stored within our own self and sometimes when you start going through the list of all the memories in your gallery you may come across some bad memories some unwanted memories that's okay i mean when you just go come across these bad memories you think about these bad memories or bad thoughts that is fine krishna is saying that is fine you will not be called as mithyachari just because you are getting bad thoughts but the catch is if you intentionally cultivate certain bad thoughts which are coming certain bad memories of yours of the past then that is dangerous then we will become mithyacharis what do i mean intentionally cultivating it means that ah yes you know in the past i did that particular wrong act but it was so enjoyable you know i enjoyed so much wish i could do that again my my circumstances are not allowing me to do right now the same old thing wish i could do again although you know it is wrong but still you are cultivating that thought then krishna is saying such a person will be called as mithyachari now you see this very shukshma very subtle who is a mithyachari and who is not a mithyachari in fact there are different stages in this whole understanding of who is a hypocrite and who is not a hypocrite we can understand that there will be at least four stages what are these four stages let's understand very simple one is that there are certain things where there is an external change within us see you're all practicing krishna consciousness we are all trying to become devotees we are all uh practicing devotees we all want to become closer to god that's why we are coming again and again listening to bhagavad gita now when you start listening to bhagavad gita what's happening is there are certain externals that will change like your eating habits will change maybe your uh, uh dressing style may change or it may so happen that uh, your unnecessary external expenditure may uh, may reduce because you're listening to all these things so that what happens is there is an external change but along with the external change if there is internal change as well that is the best thing so you are externally changing and plus there is internal transformation happening that means there is a unity between your external and internal that is very good there is homogeneity between external and internal that is good but there are people who externally change they do a lot of external change like dress and uh, you know the way they speak all those things can change but at the same time there is a struggle within you know you want to change internally as well but there is lot of internal struggle going on you know there are certain bad things coming and attacking you you want to somehow stop them but there is a fight there is a fight between uh, do to do or not to do 
Externally you are changed, but internally that fight is going on. So that is second stage. And the third stage is externally you have completely changed, but there is no internal change. Many people, many times in Iskand temples also there are people who come, they wear dhoti kurta, they wear tilak. Externally they look like devotees, like Vaishnavas. There will be a lot of such people. But internally there is no change. When you go and look at their home, at home they will be having onion and garlic and uh, you know they will be watching whatever they want. So they are completely distracted. But externally when they come to the temple, they all come as if they are Vaishnavas. You see? So external change but absolutely no internal change. And the fourth category is there is external change but there is a continuation of all the bad things that they were supposed to do. They were doing earlier. There is continuity of all the bad things. So then such a person is a cheater. So he is showing off to people that he is very good. But in reality he is cheating himself and he is cheating others. So we have to be very careful about these cheaters. There are saints, there are swindlers. So we have to be very careful about these swindlers. And why, how can we not become Mithyacharis? Very simple. Don't kindle all the bad memories of yours. Don't refresh your bad memories. Don't contemplate on your bad memories. When you refresh your bad memories, then you are kindling all those things and may again come back into your life. So don't focus on all those things. Keep yourself very busy. You know, one of the major things that is being told to us when we join an ashram in ISKCON is we are never given a free moment. The moment we join, join as bhaktas, when we join as the interns, you can say, when we join as bhaktas, from morning, from the time we wake up till the time we sleep, there is no dull moment at all. You are constantly busy doing something. Why do they do that is because they don't give any free time for the mind to think. It's very dangerous. Keep you busy, always busy. So all the bhaktas are extremely busy. They are physically involved and mentally involved, always busy. Why? Because we don't have to give the mind any free moment. Because moment the mind gets any free time, it naturally tends to think negative things. Naturally it goes towards negative things. Right? It's not very natural for an electron from, to move from a lower orbit to a higher orbit. It's not very uh, uh, natural. But an electron in an atom will automatically fall from a higher orbit to the lower orbit. Similarly in our life, automatically we don't really rise up in our consciousness. But for the consciousness to fall down, it becomes very automatic. So that's why to keep always that consciousness in a very high state, in a spiritual state, we need to keep busy. We need to keep our mind and body very busy. So no inactivity here. So Arjuna, although he is thinking, he will become inactive, but Krishna is saying, it's not going to happen, it's not going to work out for you. You see? 
सो इट इज बेटर दैट कर्मेन्द्रियाबडी कैन एंगेज इज सेंसेज नाइसली इन कृष्ण कॉन्शियसनेस rather than trying to be a mithyachari so let's not become mithyachari let's speak what we follow achar and prachar should happen simultaneously so let's practice before we preach something to others that's very important okay so this is a very good instruction for all of us so going forward uh, let's not pretend to be something uh, because krishna doesn't like pretenders and anyway we can become a pretender and uh, we can pretend in front of people but do you th- really think that is it is possible to become uh, pretend in front of krishna no because krishna is in our heart we cannot hide anything from him we cannot hide anything from krishna he knows every good and bad things within us so there is no question of we need trying to hide something or pretend something in front of krishna we can pretend only in front of humans not in front of krishna so let's not try to become a pretender very important here okay and by the way krishna is also saying here that sanyasa the renunciation renunciation especially in our ishman movement also there are a lot of sanyasis is it that krishna is telling we should not take sanyasa no sanyasa just like brahmachari grahasta ashram is there vanasastha ashram is there sanyasa is or not also an ashram sanyasa should be taken but we take sanyasa as a tool to execute our devotional service sanyasa is just a tool for us this ashrama of sanyasa is just a tool for us to execute our devotional service but this word sanyasa is very uh, uh, used casually these days whenever there is some problem in family or uh, whenever there is a personal problem that a person is going through you know i just want to take sanyasa mujhe sanyas le lena hai many people say like that prabhu ji itna problem hai life mein mujhe sanyas lena hai many people talk like that and such are the people who never take sanyasa they only talk next day they will be doing the same old thing <laughs> such kind of people we should uh, we should know that they are trying to pretend right so uh, this is what krishna is saying let's not become a mithya chari okay so let's see okay we can take maybe another shloka and then maybe i can open a for q and so 3.7 Hinamataji, you can unmute yourself and let's chant this next words. Three point seven. Yasvindriyari manasa, niyam yaravate juna. कर्मेन्द्रियकर्मयोगिष्य यस्ंद्रिया मनसा निर्भतेर्जुना 
the results of our action. So how do we do? How, how do we go ahead with this? So that is why Jnana is important. When we have knowledge, detachment comes. The one very important aspect, if you want to cultivate detachment, Vairagya, if you want to develop Vairagya, the prime element required is Jnana, knowledge. So what's happening now when every week you're coming and attending Bhagavad Gita, there are two things that are happening. Carefully if you analyze, in the last six months, there are two things that have happened if you are consciously doing and practicing Krishna consciousness. What are these two things? One is, you are gradually developing an attachment towards Krishna. You are gradually developing an attachment to hear about Krishna in the form of Bhagavad Gita. So, there is one sort of attachment. But while this attachment is developing, simultaneously there is detachment from materialistic enjoyment. So, what's happening with you right now is, it, it, although the process is very gradual, but you will see over a period of time when you continue consist, consistently following the scriptural regulation, the knowledge of the Bhagavad Gita in your life, what is going to happen is, your attachment to Krishna will increase and gradually the detachment towards materialistic things will also increase. So two things will happen parallelly, but it's a gradual process. It's not that Prabhuji, I'm chanting now, I'm listening to Bhagavad Gita, it's already been six months, but uh, I see there is no difference, no change. Yes, it may not be a very uh, big difference that you can see, but gradually things will change. I mean, it took so many years for me also to get certain realizations. So definitely, the more intensely you practice, the more realizations that we are going to get in life. So very beautifully Krishna is saying here that it's better that you do your karma in a simple, with controlled mind, with devotion and you will be perfect. You will achieve perfection gradually. And a very interesting statement Prabhupada also makes in the purport is, in the last sentence Prabhupada is saying, a sincere sweeper in the street is far better than a charlatan meditator who meditates only for the sake of making a living. So Prabhupada is saying a sweeper in the street who is constantly thinking of the Lord and cleaning the temple or the area around the temple is much better than a so-called yogi wearing all the chaplain robes and everything but he is a charlatan meditator. Charlatan means a cheater. He's showing off as if he's meditating, but he's actually thinking of sense gratification. You see? And why do such people meditate? Charlatan meditator? He meditates because he wants to earn his living. There are a lot of lazy people, they just simply wear some sadhu vesha and they will sit here and people 
they see oh he is doing some big uh, tapasya they come and give him some money and they give him so many other donations and then through that he will live lead his life so it's not good so it's better that uh, we do our activity with devotion rather than renouncing our activities so these are few things very beautifully krishna is explaining in all the different uh, verses and let me check the time okay so it's already 12:19 so the last 10 minutes is better that i take some q and a so if you have any questions you can feel free to ask let me see if there are any q and a in chat section okay so let me uh, not take the next shloka although there are two more shlokas uh, to complete this section that we will continue in the next uh, uh, words the next session so if you have any uh, thing to ask please feel free to ask uh, i think it's better that we have some interaction every uh, sunday so it's not just me speaking but i yes there okay so generally you can take all the vegetables except beans and peas green peas so you can take vegetables but you can avoid green peas and beans and then we are definitely supposed to abstain from all the food grains no food grains no millets and no sprouts so on the day of ekadashi we have to avoid all these things what we can take is we can take fruits we can take fruit juices we can take dry fruits and uh, there are certain uh, atta like there is rajgira atta that you can take then you can take singada atta singada is water chestnut uh, so you can take singada atta and rajgira atta and you can make uh, puris out of it you can make uh, uh, halwa you can make upma out of that this atta so it's very interesting recipes also just uh, last ekadashi we had a home program uh, in one of the congregation here and uh, on the day of ekadashi there were amazing varieties they cooked uh, it was a big feast with rajgira kheer and uh, they had prepared uh, uh, yeah you can take paneer on the day of ekadashi so paneer is allowed it's milk product so you can take all the milk products so you can take variety of uh, so generally rajgira puris or singada puri singada puris are not so great but uh, rajgira puris you can make and you can make uh, paneer and you can eat that is nice so there are so many varieties that you can take ekadashi there are people who are just waiting for ekadashi because uh, like in maharashtra they say ekadashi dupad ka chahiye <laughs> so on the day of ekadashi they eat double the quantity that they are supposed to eat on normal days you see so on ekadashi you can have all these different things so uh, it's uh, better to eat less on ekadashi and chant more but it's also uh, sometimes very difficult to be completely uh, you know not having anything all throughout the day so then you need to eat something so for that you can have these varieties so actually on ekadashi you can have a big feast If all these things, recipes you know, ekadashi recipes, 
uh, it's amazing. Uh, you can check out Rajgira recipes, Singada recipes, and uh, there you can ask Ina Mataji so she will learn and she will make it for all of you. So you can have a nice piece of it. Okay. So, and Vinod uh, is asking, can you explain why onion and garlic should not be had? Yes. So, in the 17th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, verse number 9, Krishna is talking about Rajasik food. So, onion and garlic, they are in the mode of Rajoguna. So, when we take onion and garlic, it increases Rajoguna within us. And Rajoguna is not good for any spiritual practitioner. Because Rajoguna agitates the mind. So onion garlic when we take, it agitates the mind. It never keeps our mind stable. And uh, that's the reason because of the Rajoguna. Although onion and garlic they have medicinal properties. Many people take onion and garlic because there are medicinal properties. But you see as uh, devotees, we are not just thinking about the physical health, we are, we are also concerned about our mental health. And Jaisa An, Vaisa Man, because anything that you eat is directly affecting your mind. For example, let me give you this, uh, this flow of things, events that take place when you eat a food. For example, when you, uh, when you take an apple. Now, apple is a fruit and it's in the mode of fruitness. It's a, it's a sattvic food, sattvic ahara. So, along with the sattvic guna, the apple has vitamins, it has certain other nutrients. So, when you take that apple and eat the apple, it goes to the stomach. So, in the stomach, the stomach will absorb all the nutrients, the vitamins and the minerals and everything are absorbed within the stomach. But now, what happens to the sattva guna in that? Right? So, in our body, there is also pranavayu. So, this pranavayu, which is constantly circulating within the body, the pranavayu picks up the guna. Just like the stomach picks up the nutrients from the apple, the pranavayu picks up the sattva guna from the apple, and then the pranavayu will feed the sattva guna to our mind. You see? So, the mind is getting its food through the pranavayu. So, when the pranavayu supplies this sattva guna to mind, the function of the mind is to think, to generate thoughts. You see now, when it is generating thoughts, because it is getting sattvic guna, the mind will create sattvic thoughts. And when you have sattvic thoughts, the sattvic thought will lead to sattvic actions. And when you perform sattvic actions, ultimately you will get sattvic reactions. And that is how our character will be built, based on our actions. So see how that's why it is said Jaisa An Vaisa Man. That's why in Bible also it is said, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. So similarly, when you eat the onion and garlic, there is Rajoguna, although it may be beneficial for my body, physical body, but the Pranavayu picks up the Rajoguna and gives it to the mind. And then the mind will start generating all the passionate thoughts. Passionate thought means what? Rajoguna means what? Rajo means 
it is constantly hankering for new and new things it's called it's not satisfied a person who is very rajasik is never satisfied is constantly thinking about what more i can get what more i can get so there is no contentment and also onion and garlic they also have aphrodisiac properties within them so onion and garlic also increase the lusty desires within a person so that's why uh, onion and garlic has to be avoided so i hope that clarifies your question so yes more questions please <coughs> like to take some more questions it's very important and uh, one thing i would like to tell about onion and garlic is uh, there are so many beautiful replacements now the replacement for uh, onion is cabbage instead of uh, uh, you know putting onion if you can put cabbage it will taste very similar to onion and uh, the replacement of garlic is uh, hing we generally use hing that asafoetida if you have asafoetida you use that Uh, and it makes a wonderful replacement for onion and garlic so cabbage and asafoetida are very good replacement for onion and garlic and you will really not miss onion and garlic so these are two things that you can try out and maybe uh, uh, you will start feeling the taste much better going forward so yes dear Yes. Once again, you remind me because I uh, checked. It was not going through uh, the WhatsApp message because the audio file was slightly bigger than 17 MB, so it was not allowing. But I will try to upload it in the drive and share the link with all of you, so you can start listening to those, uh, especially the Narsimha Kavacham. So you can start practicing Narsimha Kavacham. Extremely important, very very powerful. So just once you remind me today. and i will upload that okay good so yes any more questions today so vinod is asking can you say something about tea and coffee exactly the same thing happens with tea and coffee have you observed when you take tea you know you become uh, Generally, they say they become fresh. You know, when they drink the tea, there is kind of uh, certain excitement. Uh, that excitement or that alertness, people say, oh, when I drink coffee, then there is kind of alertness. But gradually, what happens is, just like in uh, cigarettes and tobacco, there is this nicotine. Nicotine is what makes uh, us addictive. It has those addictive pangs. It creates those addictive pangs within us. so similarly this tea and coffee also has that effect of nicotine within us i don't know i'm not sure if nicotine is present in tea and coffee but again it creates that's why many people they become so addicted to tea and coffee that they they cannot go to the toilet before drinking tea and coffee so they cannot clear their stomach without drinking tea and coffee that's the state you see it's very difficult you become addicted to certain things and uh, in fact uh, even in the south india 
there are many Vaishnavas also, they drink tea and coffee because they think it's okay to have, it's fine to have only tea and coffee. But Prabhupada said that because again, you are trying to artificially excite the mind. Because if you drink tea and coffee, the mind becomes alert momentarily. And uh, that is how you are exciting the mind. And especially in certain government offices and many people, you see, they are so addicted that every half an hour they keep drinking coffee because they become so addicted to it. Just like cigarettes, just like alcohol. So this is also a kind of addiction. So, and it excites the mind. And we don't want anything that unnecessarily excites our mind. So that is why we avoid uh, tea and coffee as well. Gradually, I mean, you don't have to give up everything overnight. These are all gradual things. Again, uh, when you start getting higher taste, you give up the lower taste. So it may take certain time for people. It may take one day, it may take one month, one year, but gradually you can keep thinking about it. And gradually, once you get the higher taste of chanting Hare Krishna, taking only prasadam at home, then it will change. You will give up these things very easily. I mean, when people can give up uh, alcohol and people can give up meat eating uh, in the west when people uh, were having all this uh, extreme uh, indulgences and Prabhupada made them leave all these things because that's the power of Hare Krishna Mantra so when you practice spirituality you don't have to leave them they will leave you and go all these bad things and unwanted things not necessarily bad things but unwanted things So it will take some time, but definitely it is possible. Yes. Good question. These are certain practical things that you are asking today, and it's very important that you are asking. Good. Any other question before we end the session? Okay, great. So. <clears throat> Ekadashi, uh, there is a discussion, there was a conversation once between Jaimini Muni and Vedipyasa. So Jaimini Muni said, my dear Vedipyasa, you have explained to me all the glories of Ganga and I am really very pleased. But I also want to know what are the glories of Ekadashi? How did this Ekadashi come into existence? And then Vedivyasa very beautifully starts explaining that how when Lord Krishna Mahavishnu started creating this whole world along with everything that he created, he also created Papa Purusha. Papa Purusha. So who is this Papa Purusha? Papa Purusha is a person, is a personality, a very horrific personality a very dark complexion with red eyes and very terrible looking personality whose only duty is to punish people who do not follow the Vedic injunction. Papa Purusha was supposed to punish everyone. But now this Papa Purusha when he was created he was punishing everybody so heinously. I mean he was uh, torturing people like anything, even for the small mistakes they would commit, they would commit. 
So then Vishnu thought that uh, this Papa Purusha is uncontrollable. Something has to be done. And that is when Lord appointed Yamaraja to take care of the karma of people. So that is how Papa Purusha was told, now you act under the guidance of uh, Yamaraja because Yamaraja will now decide who has to be punished to what degree. Not everybody has to be punished to the equal degree, right? So then uh, that is how everything was going on fine. So one day, Lord Vishnu on his Garuda Vahana, he came to Yamaloka where Yamaraja was sitting on the throne and moment Yamaraja saw, oh my lord, uh, you have come to my place, please come. He invited and very beautifully with a lot of hospitality, he made him sit on the throne and Lord was sitting on the throne. And then while Yamaraja and the Lord were having a conversation, suddenly the Lord hears lot of screeching voices and people crying and with lot of pain, all these things. Then Lord asked, hey, Yamaraja, what's happening? Where are these sounds coming from? Yamaraja says, my Lord, they are all your creation. All these simple people, they are suffering in the hellish planets. Oh, is it so? Though I want to have a look at all of them. Then Lord Vishnu and Garuda, Garuda as well as Yamaraja go to the hellish planets below and there all the simple people are suffering like anything in the hell. Somebody is getting boiled in the hot oil, somebody is walking on the hot copper copper plates, somebody is being pierced in the body, somebody I mean it's terrible, you know. I, I want to explain that hellish planet sometime later. But when all these people were suffering, Lord was feeling so much of compassion. He was thinking, all these are my creation. Mamai Vamsi Jeeva Loke, Jeeva Bhuta Sanatana. And they are suffering so much. And after seeing Lord Vishnu, the suffering souls, they started screaming even louder. Now Lord was thinking, oh, I should do something for these people. Out of compassion, immediately Lord Vishnu from his left side, he created this personality called Ekadashi. So Ekadashi was created right there and he told all the suffering souls that if you worship Ekadashi, you will become free from all this pain of the hellish planets and you will come to my planet Vaikuntha. And that is how people there in the hellish planets, they started following Ekadashi and by following Ekadashi, they all started going to the spiritual world, the Vaikuntha. And you know, although there was no digital uh, media that time, social media, but the news spreads. And the news spread like wildfire, not just in hellish planets, but it spread across the globe, across the universe. In the Guloka, in the, uh, in Vaikuntha Loka, in the Swarga Loka, in all the 14 planetary systems. Everybody got to know about Ekadashi. And in people in Bhuloka, they started practicing Ekadashi and they were committing sins but at the same time they were doing Ekadashi and they were becoming free from all the sins. Now this Papa Purusha, wherever he is going, people are following Ekadashi. Ekadashi is everywhere and he is unable to punish anyone. In the jungle he is going, in the water he is going, in the air he is going, everywhere people are following Ekadashi. 
he's become jobless no job for him now he was thinking what should i do then he started praying to lord vishnu pap purusha he said my lord i am also your creation i need to do some activity you see this is the nature of the soul to do activity perform yoga perform karma perform karma so pap purusha is also saying i want to perform karma but now with this ekadashi i am unable to do perform my perform my karma i am not able to punish anyone what do i do so lord said with a smile oh pap purusha i will give you also a place to reside and that places on the day of ekadashi you will reside in the food grains so on the day of ekadashi papapurusha is residing in the food grains that's why we don't take food grains on ekadashi if anybody takes food grain on ekadashi padma purana says it is as good as eating the flesh of your own parents anybody eats grains on ekadashi it is as good as eating the flesh of your own parents padma purana says and then there are so many such descriptions and there are a lot of pastimes related to ekadashi that how just by following ekadashi many simple people have become elevated devotees so ekadashi is not ordinary day it's very important and then if this is ekadashi the story behind ekadashi on dwadashi there is something called as parana time generally it is after sunrise so any time between 6:30 to say 8:30 or 9 uh, you can there is this parana time during which we are supposed to break the fast so previously Uh, previous day you have fasted and some people do nirjal ekadashi some people do sajal ekadashi nirjal means they don't take water sajal means they take only water and fast and some people took take they take little bit of fruit and then palahara ekadashi they do only fruits they take so next day a person who has done nirjal he will break the fast by drinking the water and a person who has done sajal ekadashi he will take a little bit of grain next day and break the fast during the parana time so that is on dwadashi and uh, that is how uh, on dwadashi one more thing is we don't pluck tulsi maharani keep this in mind recently also i have mentioned this in one of my class uh, that on dwadashi on amavasya and on purnima we don't pluck tulsi maharani and especially on dwadashi we don't pluck tulsi leaves it's because tulsi is a great devotee of krishna and just like you have done ekadashi tulsi maharani also has done ekadashi without drinking water so on dwadashi she is little weak so that is why we don't want to disturb tulsi on dwadashi so if at all you want to use tulsi leaf for offering on dwadashi there may be some uh, fallen tulsi dry leaves also it's okay you can offer it to krishna uh, by using the dry leaves dry tulsi leaves so but no plucking tulsi leaves uh, on the day of dwadashi okay so this is about ekadashi and dwadashi